BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. This episode is brought to you in part by Noom. Forget one-size-fits-all diets. With Noom, you get a personalized weight loss plan that's tailored to your lifestyle. No food is off-limits. Enjoy your favorites while discovering healthier habits. Noom's users love the flexible approach, blending psychology and biology to help you lose weight in a way that's sustainable for you. And great news for foodies. Noom just released the Noom Kitchen Cookbook with 100 delicious, healthy recipes. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M. Com. Grab your copy of The Noom Kitchen wherever books are sold. Hello, celebrity gossip enthusiasts. I'm Travis Cronin, and you're listening to Us Weekly's Hot Hollywood Podcast. Today, I'm joined by only one of my co-hosts. The ghost of Gwen Flamberg is off celebrating her birthday. But I am joined by the speed reader of celebrity memoirs, Miss Sarah Huron. Hi, Travis. I'm, I'm so sad Gwen isn't here, but I... I feel like this week is a very um, Sarah Heron topic heavy situation. So I think we can do it. It is. I like when we sort of, you know, chime in with what Gwen would say, mainly hating Meghan Markle and things along those things to, you know, bring her spirit up in all of this. Well, today we have dramatic marital accusations, a royal trip to NYC, a trailer that sent the internet in a toxic frenzy, some reality stars begging for attention that we're going to give them, hair catching on fire, and much, much more. But first, of course, let us start with a pause and tell the listeners what made you go woe this week, Sarah Huron. What story just caught you? I have a feeling I know who it's going to involve. Okay, so there are a few developments in the Jana Kramer, Jay Cutler case. Um, I know it's just simply a relationship, but to me, it's a case. Um, the first one being real quick that, you know, that photo we talked about last week of Jay and Jana at that uh, Nashville opening that like made the rounds. She went on her podcast, which of course I still have to listen to and revealed that Mike Cawson was also in the building that night. And the photographer tried to get a picture of all three of them. And Jana was like, no, oh, no. Yes. Isn't that crazy? And that is crazy. She was on her podcast talking about how she um, was like a little sad because Mike was like feeling himself and like flirting with all these girls and having the time of his life. And she was like a little bitter that he wasn't more upset that she was there with Jay. She didn't say Jay's name, but like the, her producer like was like, oh, there's a photo of you on People Magazine. She's like, what? I haven't seen it like playing dumb and then saw the picture and was like, oh, my God, like acted like she hadn't seen it. So she never said Jay's name, but we know that's what she's talking about because there's no other picture of her floating around. Right. And um, she was like upset that he wasn't more upset. And apparently he made a joke like she's like, this is awkward. And he was like, no, it's not like he was like just down to whatever. And he made a comment that, you know, this is what he always wanted, like to be able to go out and not have someone like holding him back. And she was saying in their relationship, the reason he couldn't go out and drink was because he was a cheater and she didn't trust him, <laughs> which makes sense in her defense. And now he's happy that he can go do that. So she was slightly upset. But she's clearly moving on because her and Jay pack it on the PDA at this opening of another club in Nashville. So all these bars are popping up in Nashville and Jay and Jana are at every single opening. They are the new 
the new go-tos. The new king and queen of Nashville. The king and queen of Nashville. And a little, you know, I heard that Kristen was supposed to be on this event list originally, but obviously didn't show up. And these two were there with Jesse James Decker and Eric Decker. And apparently they, you know, she was had her arms around him while Eric Church was performing. They were acting like a couple, super flirty, PDAE. Um, and she was, you know, making the rounds, but she kept coming back to him. And I just, there are no words. I still can't believe this is like a thing. This is such a thing, Sarah. And now, since you're an expert in all four or six of these people really involved now, Mm -hmm. do you think that this was originally just a ploy to get back at their exes and now they're sort of falling for each other or they're sort of just swept up in the amazing media coverage and jealousy that they're getting from all the outside parties? I actually think it might be the first one because, listen, Jana is no stranger to Instagram. And as we know, Jay is not really as, you know, much about showing off his relationship. But since she hasn't posted anything about him, even like accidentally or whatever. So I think she's trying to find a way to still get the media attention, but not have to post it herself because he wouldn't like that. And it's working so far. And Kristen... Jana was asked about Kristen Cavallari by Entertainment Tonight, like last night or something. And she kind of was like, I know my truth. I can go to bed at night knowing like whatever. Like, so she's still maintaining like they weren't friends. And there's just like, there's literally photos of them. They were in a movie together like a decade ago. Like, bitch, you were friends and it's okay. You did something shady to quote Elsie, not Kristen. You did something shady, but you were friends and it is what it is. Um, And I can't wait to see what happens next. But part of me also thinks like Jay Cutler is one of those people who probably pretends like he doesn't care, but then like he does get invested a little bit. I mean, he did marry Kristen. They were together for a long time. He did the reality show for her. And I think the same thing happened with Madison LaCroix, but then Madison got too messy and that's why he cut the ties. So Jana has to play this right. If she's playing long game, if she's playing short game, she's milking it. She's doing a great job. Well, I would like to say a personal thank you to Jana Kramer and Jay Cutler and Mike Cosson for making Sarah Huron so happy. I have never seen her more excited about a story in her entire life. And I Why am I so animated right now? You are so excited. And I just would like to thank them for making formerly baby girl Sarah Huron so happy. Me too. Well, I have a little less personal involvement in my woe than you do because, you know, it's anything else. Um, So I never thought I would say these words out loud, Sarah, but there was a fight at Olivia Rodrigo concert. She was performing in Vegas at that music festival they have there. And two fans of Olivia Rodrigo got into this really violent fist fight at the iHeartRadio Music Awards. Um, There was a viral TikTok going around that showed these two like young, like normal looking, you know, Olivia Rodrigo fans just throwing punches at each other. And the best part was driver's license was paying in the background. So Olivia was just singing her emotional power ballad about her breakup. And these two girls just punched each other in the face if the only answer that's acceptable here is if they are scorned lovers and one of them was driving by the other's house and then poor olivia on stage didn't know any of this and she was like i have the best fans ever like right after and it was just one of the funniest clips i've ever seen the irony it was just so thick and amazing it was wonderful great for tiktok content great for tiktok content thank you driver's license the gift that keeps on giving into 2021 Let us bust into some news. 
Well, the royals have descended around New York City. Can you feel it, Sarah? Can you feel oh, their presence? I can feel it. And I'm low-key upset for the first time in a year and a half that we're not in the office because we would have walked right past that One World Trade visit this morning. Yes. Well, Prince Harry and Meghan started their day with a visit to One World Trade Observatory. They were there with Mayor Mil de Blasio and Governor Kathy Hochul. The mayor and governor walked with Harry and Meghan, who were hand-in-hand in front of the large windows, uh, the first... Mayor de Blasio had his son and Megan told reporters, quote, it's wonderful to be back. Mayor de Blasio said, I'm really thrilled to have these wonderful guests, particularly thrilled about the work that they are doing. Really so important to our whole country and our whole world. They both were all black because it's a somber occasion. They were paying tribute to September 11th. Great call on that. Um, but they are really here for the Global Citizen live event that happens in Central Park every year. It's part of a they call it a once in a generation, but it's really every year. Um, Day of Unity broadcast around all the seven continents, and they serve up over 24 hours of music around the world in different parts, and Central Park holds a bulk of that time. Now, Sarah, here on what are your thoughts on Harry and Meghan? Uh, let me just start off by saying it feels a little strange that we didn't ask for this royal family to sort of like show up and just make appearances and smile and wave at these new politicians. We we asked for entertainers in Hollywood, but I don't remember asking for this. Yeah, I mean, I think, listen, Megan looked great. It was like the first time we've seen her really out and about since she gave birth in June. Her skin was glowing. I loved the slicked back bun. Um, you know, I now that I see them as Bella and Edward from Twilight after that Time magazine cover, and I caused quite the stir amongst the Megan and Harry stands who called for me to be fired last week. Um, I just, it's, it's, it's a lot. It's nice to see them out and about in New York, but it's also a little strange. It still feels a little weird to have them in America. I know they've been there for a long time yeah um and i saturday should be interesting since it's like a concert like will they be like rocking out to j-lo or they will they be strictly giving like a speech about the vaccine okay um, so i can get, provide a little bit of insight into that because i've been to global citizen like four times and they will be introducing an act but they will also have like a speech probably about vaccines world hunger and while i really like that they're drawing attention to all these really important humanitarian issues i don't know why I still don't feel right about it. <laughs> I think it's because, you know, we it, there's just uneasiness ever since that interview and the way they left it with the royal family. And there's just something that feels unnatural about it, like seeing them walk through the streets of New York City, like where we used to, like I said, walk through to work. It's just weird to me. And like something feels wrong. Um, I'd also like to point out, you know, according to the Us Weekly editorial calendar, Saturday will be two years since the series finale of Suits. So I hope Megan is also honoring <laughs> honoring her while she spends her new life with Jennifer Lopez and Prince Harry at Global Citizen. Me too. I cannot wait for the backstage interactions of them, uh, you know, hobnobbing, rubbing elbows and sipping rum and cokes with all of those A-list celebrities in the back. There was another huge development in your personal life on ABC this week. That was, of course, the debut of Dancing with the Stars. Oh, um, they seemed to cast part of it for you. Um, what were your thoughts on formerly disgraced daughter of Lori Laughlin taking to the stage and sort of being a really good dancer? 
Yeah, first of all, Olivia Jade can dance. Um, breaking news, I guess those TikTok dances she probably did during quarantine and when she was in hiding for the last two years paid off. I thought she was great. Her partner is Val, which checks out because he, I believe, was Candace Cameron Bray's partner. He's been in the Fuller House fam. He also sure goes with the scandalous people a little bit, too. Yeah, and he he owns it pretty well. He, you know, has been defending her, said she earned her spot. That part is certainly up for debate. Um, but in her intro, it was I was waiting to see, you know, because what were what, how do they introduce? Olivia Jade Genuli. She she really is polarizing. What is that? Is that the right word? Polarizing. Polarizing. I don't know. I've had two coffees today and you can tell. Um, and she, uh, so it's, it's funny because she opened up with, I'm best known as being an influencer. And of course the internet had a field day with that, but then it immediately right after, which, you know, people take that immediately cut into, but the last two years I've been rolled up in a scandal and the headlines about college cheating scandal, but I thought it was interesting. They didn't know, you know, my mom is Lori Laughlin. My dad is Massimo. Didn't say their names. Bella, the sister was the one in the crowd. Lori was not seen if she was there. Um, and the only people who can be in the dancing with the star, stars crowd are vaccinated family and friends of the contestants. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was it was fascinating. I'm very interested to see if her fans are tuning in, if they are voting for yeah. her. Um, I saw a sneak peek on Val's Instagram for Dance Next Week, and it looks like it's an emotional one. So I think they're going to lay it on with, you know. Oh, bless. Yeah, this was much more like upbeat. Um, and all, honestly, my biggest takeaway from the whole show was that everyone was really good. Like they, all the people they pulled out this year, like, were like the Miz like can move like there was a lot of really good dancers um obviously Jojo Siwa was like insane it's ridiculous that she's even on the show I'm amazing that she's dancing with Jenna but like so unfair but they're definitely like um giving like scoring them on a slanted thing because Jojo got some of the same scores as like Matt James and that just doesn't really make sense but um the only person who was bad was the really old guy from Karate Kid which checks out and everyone else was really good I, uh, you know, every year they have like Nicole Scherzinger, Jojo Siwa, someone yeah. who is a trained professional dancer on Dancing with the Stars that does feel a little unfair. So I'm doing I'm glad they're like grading on a scale here. Well, and like they have a lot of them this year. Jojo Siwa is by far the best, but like Amanda Klutz, who, you know, I have my issues with. She was a rockette. Um, and she was obviously really good. Um, someone else had dance training. Like there was a lot of dance training being thrown around back there. And while part of me thinks it's unfair, it also, they were all really good. Like, I don't remember the last time I saw night one where they were all getting like sevens. Wow. Well, tune in if you want to see some actually good celebrity dancers working out. And um, Olivia's exposed thong. Not mad at that dress. She looks really, really good. Yeah. She made a TikTok, especially for her and Val, like their new account. Like, I think she's playing the long game here. And I think she's going to be really upset if she gets out first. I voted well, for her. We so are going to be blessed with a sad, emotional, lyrical, interpretive dance to the song, my parents were in jail, written, <laughs> hopefully, by Olivia and Val together. Yeah. Well, or maybe let she us could collaborate with, like, a Melania Judice. <sighs> oh, my God. Yes, please. Well, Melania, we know, is a songbird herself. Well, speaking of songbirds, uh, Britney Spears has returned to Instagram, but that is not what anyone is talking about this week. The trailer and teaser for Britney versus Spears, great title, great title, is coming to Netflix and is about to real quote, reveal, quote, confidential information about the singer's 13-year conservatorship. Britney's voice from the court hearing has can be seen saying, it's been 13 years and it's enough. 
in the teaser. Um, this has apparently been in the works for 18 months after the, the FX documentary Framing Britney Spears came out. They were like, we can do it better. Netflix said, hold your beer. We will take over. The teaser features a lot of voiceovers and inter interviews in which people discuss her struggles, her assistant Felicia, who I've loved since I was a little kid, is in there. And a lot of people say Britney never has had one person she could trust. Not mom, not dad. Britney had a fear that her family would barge in and take everything. Seems that they were right. And then some other ominous voice comes on and says, no one would talk, the voice says. It'll feature some other players, um, you know, including one anonymous source very close to the conservatorship who leaked a confidential report. And just to give you some of the synopses, um, they said it tells the explosive story of Britney's life and her public and private search for freedom. It features years long investigative work, exclusive interviews, blah, blah, blah. Then paints the portrait of the pop star's tragedy from the girl next door to a woman trapped by fame and family and her own legal status. Now, this is being released on September 28th and Britney's next court date, which is also going to be a huge day because I know we've said maybe 11 times now that her father's finally going to be removed. It really could happen on September 29th, says my legal mind. Sarah Heron, what did you think of this teaser trailer return to Instagram court date coming up Britney Field week? I mean, the trailer gave me chills. It's the same thing, though, as framing Britney Spears, where it's like, I know I'm if I'm a real Britney fan, I shouldn't be supporting like exploiting her tragedy for a documentary that she's not getting paid for. But like, I can't not watch it. It looks so good. You have Sam Asar Asargi or whatever his name is, um, her fiance mm -hmm. commenting on Instagram, like, I hope they use these money to give like um, for people who have been treated unfairly in the justice system. Like they're clearly pissed that their people are making money off of Britney and her case and her conservatorship and tragedy, um, which I totally get. But at the same time, like, it just looks so good. It looks so good. And didn't Britney say that she was working with Netflix on this documentary before when framing Britney Spears? She's like, I'm working on my own docu-series. Yeah. And there were rumors that it was linked to Netflix. I think there are people were linking it to Netflix, but I think that might have been Britney like thinking she was making a documentary on Instagram. Okay. Yeah, that's a very, very fair point. I hope she was involved and I hope she gets like a cut of these proceedings. But again, feel terrible, you know, being part of the problem, but also cannot wait to tune in, setting my alarm. Good. It is so, And so hopefully they can update it. It has a happy ending. Something good happens in court on Friday and then they have to re-update it on Saturday with an updated of what happens and we can all be winners here. Yeah, just add some lines. Be like, then Britney was free. Fiend. The end. The end. All right, Sarah Huron, tell us about Christina Hack and her engagement. Oh my God, Christina Hack, you guys. I've never seen an episode of Flip or Flop, but you know I'm fascinated with Christina and Tarek. They are a gift on the Jana Kramer umbrella of just keeps on giving. Um, if you are unfamiliar, Christina and Tarek start the Flip or Flop. They broke up in 2016, super messy breakup, police involved. She gets married to Aunt Anstead by 2018, has another kid with him, already has two kids with Tarek. So now she has three kids and then her and aunt break up in September of 2020. So second divorce in three years for Christina. 
earlier this summer, we found out she was dating a guy named Joshua Hall, who important to me and me only is the brother of Stacy, the bartender from the Hills. Um, and they got hot and heavy real quick, clearly, um, after starting to date earlier this year, because they are engaged and Christina has been flaunting a piece of diamond jewelry on her finger for like a month now and um you know then was doing really dumb things like putting a heart emoji over her finger pretending to hide it the way celebrities like hide their kids faces um and then finally confirmed it yes they are engaged got engaged in mexico um and a source told us that Tarek and aunt both found out online via instagram via her (laughs) post which is you know just a little cherry on top and third marriage for christina anstead in um you know not that long How do you feel about that? You know, I hope it's the charm. And like you said, I am just happy that these stars are just so giving us all of this content that we so desperately need. These are the things we want coming out of Hollywood. Other than that, I have no real feelings about it. Happy for her? Happy for her, I guess. Sure. Um, Heather and Tarek, who have COVID, or at least Tarek does, um, are supposed to get married next month. So very excited to see, um, hopefully selling sunset cameras or some cameras there. And maybe Christina and Josh, our exes invited. I hope so. I hope hope exes are invited and I hope selling sunset cameras are there. Well, Sarah, we must have gotten a tutor because we're moving from the D list to the A list. We have Brad and Angelina updates. No, totally different vibe. Uh, yeah, all the shade to Christina Hack, actually. It's all shade. Yeah. Um, so Brad Pitt and Angelina's legal battle is only getting messier, and now it involves more than just the custody of their kids. Uh, Brad Pitt filed a lo- lawsuit in Luxembourg, twist, um, last Tuesday, accusing Jolie and her business partners are trying to cut him out of the potentially lucrative sale of their Chateau Miraval shares. That's, of course, the French estate and vineyard that Brad and Angelina own and make some delicious wines if you're ever in the market for that sort of thing. According to court documents that we obtained, hey, um, Brad Pitt originally held 60% of the umbrella company that owned Miraval, while Jolie owned 40%. He later transferred some of his shares to Jolie, making them equal partners, a little 50-50 moment. And Chateau Miraval is valued at more than $160 million per these docs. But... Angelina Jolie's attempt um, at this legal battle could, you know, make a profit at Brad Pitt's expense and take more of the money for him. A source close to litigation tells us that Jolie's actions are, quote, another example of this person trying to circumvent rules and avoid their obligations, claiming that the latest move is pretty consistent with her past behavior. It's pretty upsetting that she, the source continues, it's pretty upsetting that she would behave in this way, considering that Brad was the one who did all the work building Miraval, a second source has noted. And just for background, because it's fun to bring up, Jolie filed for divorce in 2016 and we're insane what are your thoughts have you tried miraval most importantly um i think i have i think it's good i think it i is. have one time at like 160 some- million dollars good eh. no i don't know i think it's some bougie event i was given a glass yeah no this is wild the fact that these two have not finalized their divorce i mean part of me it's it's sad because of all the stuff with the kids and like they're fighting about like formalities about the judge but there's like a lot of weird layers to it but at the same time while it's totally sad and i feel bad for the kids it's kind of like what you want from two a-listers who 
you know, were such a huge moment in pop culture and their relationship was such a big deal and their breakup was such a big deal. Like it makes sense that they have this much money and stuff to fight over. Like this was no joke, this relationship and this breakup. And it like, it's almost like they need to fight for as long as they were together because that's how big of a deal it was. And it seems sort of shady. I I really try not to pick sides because it's really it's really confusing what's going on back in here, and you never really know what's going on with a divorced couple of such status like this. But at the time, it was very clear that Brad was the one who was interested in creating Mirabal. It seemed to be his idea. He was the one on the ground there all the time building this estate. And it seems sort of shady for this like woman who's worth hundreds of millions trying to cut you know, take full custody and then cheat him on the money. It's like kick a man while he's down, like twist that knife. Yeah, it's so weird. I mean, it's we talk about divorce all the time and it's like you have your Kelly Clarkson, your Brandon Blackstocks when it's like clearly like this is her money, like get out like you, you know, whatever. Every state does it differently and you divide it up, but like don't try to take more than what's yours. Um, And for these two, they're just so rich and there's so much at stake. And it's confusing to me because Angelina like has said a lot of, you know, really made some serious allegations against Brad and the way he treated the kids and treated her. And now she's trying to get the money and doesn't want him to have custody. But Brad Pitt, like, in, as far as the public's concerned, like hasn't been canceled by any means. He's still very much like working and celebrated. So I'm so confused on what really happened. And I think that's one of the ones that like, we need a Jolie versus Pitt documentary. We absolutely do get on that. All the streaming services, you are late to the game. You're um, and for the idea. Yeah, you're you're welcome for the idea. And what's really interesting about these court proceedings is that two of these children who were unable to testify in court as minors will now no longer be the minors because this divorce case has gone on so long. Crazy. It is crazy. Well, let's let's stick on the topic of divorces, Sarah, shall we? Erica Jane flies to Vegas. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, she made a Vegas appearance at Sushi Samba. And why don't you tell us a little what happened, Sarah? Yes. If you haven't seen these photos, um, they are on usmagazine.com. She is in a uh, magenta pink dress matching heel. She's got hoops on. She's got her ponytail and she is feeling herself. You would not know that Erica Jane is in the middle of a very scandalous divorce and lawsuit um, based on these photos. A source told us she was in great spirits. She was taking selfies. She was FaceTiming with people who's, you know, were fans of fans who couldn't be there um, and really trying to live it up. Meanwhile, back in Burbank, California, there's this video of Tom Girardi, her estranged husband, leaving a lunch um, to go back to his senior care facility that we confirmed he moved into in August um, for memory loss because he has been diagnosed with dementia and Alzheimer's. Um, And the video is, it's so many things. It's, it's upsetting because he looks so frail and you're like, why is there a photographer in his face asking him questions? But then at the same time, you're like, this is Tom, the guy who allegedly cheated orphans and, you know, burned victims out of millions of dollars. So like, how bad do we feel for him? Um, but the photographer asks him, like, what did Erica know? And you you can watch the video on page six. You see his friends trying to tell him not to answer. And then Tom looks like he wants to answer. So the photographer asks again. And Tom says, um, I think she does. Which the question was, does Erica know anything? Does Erica know anything? And then he said, I think she does. He, you know, page six, of course, made the headline. He's implicating her in the scandal. It's unclear what Tom thought he was being asked. Um, There's a lot. It's just unclear if he knows what he's saying. So it's hard to take it as a fact. Um, 
he certainly was questioned about her and it's an interesting development. We're coming up on almost a year. It'll be in November of when she filed for divorce and all this mess started. And I feel like there's still so many questions for fans and there are, and I don't know if Tom Girardi, uh, you know, in his mental state should be the one answering these. And it was sort of a strangely worded answer to the question, but it also is very clear that he wants to implicate her. He wants to take her down with him. And there, there is a lot of bitterness of Tom towards Erica and that paired with her in that hot pink dress and magenta heels snapping selfies is very strange, but the people who really, you know, all the victims of Tom should have just gone to Vegas if they, you know, lived in the area because I know they probably don't have the money yet to fly because Tom is hoarding it away from them and been like, oh, can we get a selfie? Be like, here's the FaceTime of my injured son that you stole all your money from would be just a great ambush journalism, just putting that idea out there. Well, let's talk about fake lesbians, Sarah. Megan Fox and Kourtney Kardashian, sexy skims shoot, eating apples, touching each other, just being the hot people that they are. I have to say that I love it. You know, most of Kourtney uh, Kardashian's job is to be gorgeous and, in, and you know, interesting on social media. Megan Fox is, of course, a great actress, love Jennifer's body, confessions of a teenage drama queen will always stand. But their job but they love being hot and sexy and turning people on. And I think they sort of nailed it. And I was so here for these sexy skims photos. What did you think? Did your mouth drop? Were you like, oh, this was obviously going to happen? I mean, it was a genius idea to quote Gwen Flamberg when she texted us um, the other day when this dropped, quote, genius marketers, if nothing else, exclamation point, exclamation point, Gwen's official statement. True. Um, <laughs> Yeah, no, I think that this does make sense for Kim. It was genius for Kim. Um, I love the irony of, you know, Kim calling Courtney the least interesting to look at just two years ago. And now she is certainly interesting to everyone, um, especially when you throw Megan Fox in there. Um, I mean, it's a little absurd. The pictures are uh, very over the top, um, but it also checks out from these two. I, I, I don't even know. I think the suggestion that they like have a love affair with, you know, Travis and Machine Gun Kelly, you're just watching, but I don't know. The whole thing's like a lot for me, but at the same time, it is genius for Kim. And it's just still cracks me up that Brian Austin Green is out here dancing with Sharna, dancing with the stars and Megan Fox is out here posing in skims with Kourtney Kardashian. Like if two years ago, imagine if you told either of those people what quarantine would, would it do to them. It's just, it's a mind blowing. Never would have believed. And it really is brilliant how the Kardashians sort of take turns about who's in the spotlight. Yes. And it, you know, it's finally Kourtney's time. It's been a long time for her coming. <laughs> It's finally Courtney's time. And meanwhile, Chloe is hosting like some game show about Candy Crush. Like, I think we need to do a check in on Chloe. I've seen her out with Tristan a little too many times. I don't need that. She's like hosting some game show. Um, and also, what do you think about Kim hosting Saturday Night Live? Um, I love it. And also for Chloe's new game show hosting Candy Crush, they sent me this tiny little workout bag for it and these tiny little weights for your hands for the Candy Crush and all wow. of these amazing things. So not really excited for this Candy Crush game. I still play Candy Crush on planes. I bring it back out. Yeah. You know, the, I think it's like the most played game in the world based on no statistics, but everyone damn plays it.
Let's move on to a shocking video. It is of Nicole Richie at her 40th birthday party, blowing out the candles and then her hair catching on fire on two sides and then sort of exploding. It was, she went to blow out the candles and it caught a little bit on one side and then more on the other and sort of engulfed her head a la Michael Jackson at his Pepsi performance. Uh, Sarah Heron, what can you tell us about this shocking and disturbing video we have just received? I mean, I think everyone should go watch it on Nicole's Instagram. Her caption was, well, so far 40 is dot, dot, dot with a fire emoji. Nicole is so funny. The cake is of her as like a seven-year-old, maybe younger, um, oh. like totally dolled up in like 80s or whatever garb. Um, she is, I mean, I guess she was probably younger, maybe like, I don't know, whatever. She was. Know. Is it weird that I know that she was four years old in that picture? Because I remember it from The Simple Life. She was four years old. Yeah, that is weird. Um, but the video is amazing and Nicole is hilarious and it's like truly wild. There was a time um, in eighth grade, I went to Washington, D.C. with my class, like everybody does. Um, if you're from the East Coast, like you take a trip to Washington, D.C. And someone in my grade stole a lighter from the um, gift shop and lit the seat that I was sitting on on fire in the back. And I like freaked out and thought it was going to be my hair, but it wasn't. It was simply the seat. But um, I know what it's like, Nicole. It's we're survivor. You are survivors. Thank you for being so brave and sharing your story. I have also lit my hair on fire once. It smells terrible and it feels yes. like a Brillo pad. And so shout out to her. Thank goodness there is hair extensions and expensive Hollywood stylist to help yes. her. Well, let's talk about Amelia Gray, because there are a few things that we like more here on the Us Weekly Hot Hollywood podcast than a cryptic Instagram post. We love passive aggression on social media. It is our favorite. So Amelia is truly living her best professional life. She is walking in all the shows worldwide during this fashion month. New York, London, Paris, Milan. She is hitting them all. But she took time out of her busy schedule to repost a very cryptic quote on her Instagram story this last Wednesday, September 22nd. She says, the longer you entertain what's not for you, the longer you you postpone what is the quote read and then said read that again so i will amelia the longer you entertain what's not for you the longer you postpone what is now sarah please break down this very hard to understand cryptic quote to us what is amelia trying to tell us well, you know, Trav, I'm no English major, but um, I was a strategic communications major. And if I had to break down this quote, like I'm in seventh grade English again, I would suggest that she is saying if she stayed with Scott longer, she would be postponing her forever love the same way that Lisa Renna has agreed that, you know, um, her sister Delilah and her Love Island boo or whatever he is, X Factor, mm -hmm. should get married and that Harry Hamlin would sign off on that. Um, I think Amelia's feeling that and she's a little upset that everyone, you know, her family was all in, is all in on um, Delilah's romance, but was not into Scott. And she is looking for her, her OTP. And I think she, you know, she's only 19, so she probably can chill about it. But I think maybe it's, the, I'm totally projecting the, the sister of it all. But based <laughs> on what I've seen on Beverly Hills, that's what I think Amelia is thinking. See, I think that she was talking about her life with Scott and the Hamptons, like attending some sort of like budget parties was not for her. And now that she's walking in every single fashion show and that is the life that she was postponing now that she's oh. away from Scott, she can live her true life and it has nothing to do with a man. So are you suggesting that Scott Disick was holding Amelia Hamlin back? Because I would beg to differ that she is more famous now that she has dated Scott Disick. <sighs> 
I will say that she is way more famous now that she has dated Scott Disick and he has skyrocketed her to fame. But in every other way imaginable, yes, he was holding her back because he was terrible for her. And every emotion, you know, I'm glad that she got this lovely parting gift of fame from Scott Disick, but that's really the only good thing he gave her. But let's not forget, this isn't the first cryptic quote that she has shared the day before us weekly confirmed their breakup she says never settle for less not with your jobs your friends and especially not with your heart continue to seek what you are looking for and do not shrink yourself for the sake of other people you deserve the best she didn't say read that again so i'll leave it just once and just congratulations to amelia gray for skyrocketing herself getting out of a scott different relationship and just being an amazing model on the runways do it to it we love to see it Do you know what it's time for? God, do I have to do all of it myself without Gwen? <laughs> yes, there are only two of them, and I think you're going to like them because it's Celebrity Birthday Boxing Mania. Uh, that, that was the echo effect that I was trying to create with my headset. All right, we have four people battling it out for the crown, the belt. You know what? In this boxing match, they get crowns. Battling out for the crown. All right, first up, we have Gwyneth Paltrow, who is 49 this week, versus Hillary Duff, who is 34 this week. Wow. I know. Wow. We, are, we are getting some really tough ones today. You know, it's hard because I am a Lizzie McGuire apologist, really. Um, Stan, if you will. And we have Hillary in the past confronting her neighbor who smoked weed, who happened to know my brother, side note. Um, And then you have Gwyneth, who was named in a lawsuit about an aggressive ski, cutting off someone on the ski ski slopes. Um, Two stories that I think about very often that you probably forgot about. Um, I did forget about the Gwyneth Paltrow one. (laughs) I think I think Gwyneth might bring out her skis. And use them against my girl Hill. Oh my God. Gwyneth Paltrow has pulled out a long slalom ski and just sliced (laughs) Hillary Duff. She is no longer able to compete. Ding, ding, ding. Congratulations, Gwyneth Paltrow. All right. Our next fight is also going to be a tough one to call Sarah here on. I do not envy you. We have Avril Lavigne, who is 37 this week, versus Halsey, who is 27 this week. Wow. I feel like that's pitting like old school and new school, like pop punk princesses against each other. That's exactly what we did here at Celebrity Birthday Boxing Mania. And I just refuse to do it. They obviously team up and make a hit together. Oh, that's nice. Unexpected. Turns out I'm a woman who supports other women out of nowhere. (laughs) Turns out. Well, let's see how far you can carry that because now we have the collab duo that we never knew we needed from the sad girls of pop rock music. Avril Lavigne and Halsey have teamed up versus Gwyneth Paltrow and her collaborator, a slalom ski. Who is going to take home the crown? Well, I still stand the Avril Halsey collaboration that I'm now manifesting into the world and I think would be amazing. I think Gwyneth has the experience and the materials to take them both out. Oh, my goodness. Bam, bam. Avril and Halsey have taken to the floor, whipped by Gwyneth Paltrow, cutting them off on a ski lift. The audacity, the caucasity is real. Well, thank you to my host, Sarah, and the ghost of Gwen Flamberg. A happy birthday to her. She will be back next week, helping me spill all this piping hot celebrity this week. Again, this is Travis Cronin on Us Weekly's Hot Hollywood podcast with your weekly peek into the glamour, glitter, fashion, fame of your favorite celebrities. Because after all... They're They're just just like like us. Oh, that was a good one. All right. Bye, guys. We'll see you next week. Bye.